man, what a great day to be an Eagle. Mercy. Georgia Southern pitches a shutout in week one with a 34 to nothing win over the Citadel at Paulson Stadium. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the result that everyone I think expected, at least getting the win against uh, an inferior FCS opponent. Um, but the real test starts this week, Cody, um, when Trent Dilfer and the UAB Blazers come to town. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. The real test does begin this week. Um, that is a whole storyline of itself with Trent Nip for getting to UAB. But um, I think this will this game will show us. I think what kind of expectations we can set for the rest of the year. Whether those expectations should be, you know, East Division, Conference Championship, or beyond. This will give us a good guideline as to as to who we are and and kind of what we can expect going forward for the rest of the season. Yeah, so I'm Matt. That's Cody. Welcome to Gata Talk. This is uh, episode four in the first episode of uh, season six um, of uh, after the preseason, right after the season started. So we'll break down that Citadel game. We'll, uh, you know, but really kind of focus on UAB. We'll also take you through the Sun Belt and, and see what our Sunbelt brethren kind of did um, a lot of surprises, right? A lot of, a lot of teams that you expected to maybe um, rise to the occasion and get a big win and didn't a lot of teams that played FCS teams and didn't have a great showing. And then other teams that you just expected to, to lay down and they ended up being kind of the, the darlings of the weekend, right. Of the Sunbelt. So, um, so yeah, a lot, lot to unpack there. Um, but do want to thank our title sponsor can cut, um, premium drill bits and cutting tools can cut.com. That's K N K U T.com. It's an alumni owned business. It's a Georgia small business. Go support them. Um, uh, yeah, if, if you're, if you're in the, uh, market for premium cutting tools, they are your go-to source, cancut.com, K-N-K-U-T.com. So, uh, with that, Cody, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Citadel. So, um, uh, like I mentioned, uh, shutout, right. Which, which was huge. Yes. Um, so 34 to nothing there. Uh, I believe just the, the third, uh, shut out in recent history. Um, I, I think uh, I heard on on the TV. You know, um, Savannah State right back in the Tyson Summer yeah. era. Um, that was a shutout. Um, and then I believe uh, Jacksonville. We played Jacksonville back in the day and um, and shut them out. So um, not a not a normal thing. Uh, it hasn't happened. I don't think in the Lunsford era. So it's it's been it's been a while since we got a shutout. Um, and you know, didn't we shut out South Alabama that first, uh, Lunsford interim game? No, that was his first win, right? Was like, that, that was, was his first win. win. Did they, that was a home. Was it a shutout or was it? Yeah, I think it was a shutout. I thought it was like 54 to three. It might've been a shutout. All right. Well, yeah. they were wrong we'll once again on the TV, which is not surprising. Home openers. Maybe home openers. Maybe I think it was home openers. Yeah. But anyway, they, they are rare. They are rare. So, um, you know, that, that was great to see, especially with question marks on the defense. Yes, it's FCS team. Yes, it's not a very good FCS team. It's uh, a Citadel team that has a new coach, a new coach in, in Coach Drayton that, you know, basically said in the press conference leading in, like, we're a poor football team. Uh, we don't have a quarterback, uh, right? And and they, they did look different. They, they you know, they uh, – 
um, historically have run the triple option, um, which they still, I guess, kind of did. Um, but ran, you saw a lot more like pistol and shotgun um, there, uh, some under center as well. Um, so definitely a different kind of look uh, for them, but definitely run heavy. Um, they didn't really test our secondary at all, so we really know nothing about them, I would say, at this point um, that, that we didn't know going into that game. Um, but, you know, run defense for the most part, uh, you know, looked pretty good. Um, did give up some, you know, big runs up the middle, uh, but was able to, you know, end with that goose egg um, at the end of the day, which was good to see. Yeah, that was very good to see. Sorry, I was looking up <laughs> when we last shut out opponents. Um, yeah, so we did shut out South Alabama in 17, and then the last time we shut out an opponent was against UMass. 41 oh, nothing right. yeah, yeah, yeah. in the 2020 season, COVID season. So, but no, yeah, you're right. The, it was a great job for the defense. Shut them out. Obviously, that's a rarity regardless of who you're playing because it's just so hard to keep opponents off the scoreboard nowadays, regardless of if they're F- FCS or not. Um, but good job from the defense. Came out strong, man. I mean, they came out like their butts were on fire and looking to prove a point. And at least for the first three drives, it was three and out. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better start from the defense. Um, Part, you know, obviously middle second quarter, they put a little drive together, looked like they were about to score, got the fumble, recovered the fumble. To me, I think once when that happened, that was it. That that was it. That was game was over. That took the win on their sails. We knew at that point this this game was done. For sure. Um, It it was just a matter of how many points we were going to score on the board. Uh, which we can get into later, but obviously when it's 21 nothing with like 12 minutes left, you're expecting probably a little bit more than 34 at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, you are. Um, yeah, that, that turnover was, uh, was the turning point, I, I, I think. You know, like, um, like you said, it, it definitely took the win out of their sails. Um, you know, that's a focus of the uh, Brandon Bailey uh, defense um is is forcing those turnovers now we did uh lose the turnover battle uh we turned it over twice when they just had that one fumble um but again it was at a, at a crucial time where it looked like they were starting to you know mount or they were mounting a drive and, and we were able to um you know to squash it there but we had uh you know an interception by Davis Brin um, on a pretty bad throw under throw uh, under through the receiver there. Um, and then yep. you had a, uh, a fumble there with uh, JC French on, on a bad handoff after we had the, the, the second team in wasn't really um, a bad handoff. It was the running back. I can't remember the, the kid's name. It looked like it was... a miscue. Yeah. I, I can't remember his name, but it looked like a miscue on it of like, I don't know if it was a read play or, or what, or what was going on, but um, someone either didn't get the handoff correctly, like the running back didn't get the handoff, or JC French didn't, uh, you know, uh, hand it off and he was supposed to keep it. I don't yeah. know. But, Which I thought JC French looked pretty good. Yeah, he did the, the, in, in very small sample size. Yeah, you know, very I, small I, samples. I, I, really I, I think we all wanted to see more of it, but um, didn't get to that. So, We'll get we'll get into kind of more of that. Um, yeah, 212 total yards for the Citadel. Um, so pretty good show in there. Just 14 passing. They only attempted eight passes, um, two of eight. Uh, they rushed for 198 yards. Most of those came on chunk plays. Everything else uh, was pretty much uh, stopped after you know a yard or two, or stopped in the backfield. Um, so that was good to see. Uh, yeah, kind of, I, I guess kind of rounding out the defense, because I do think there's a lot to talk about with offense um, and special teams. Uh, but just what, you know, like we said before, right, you can't really take the good and make much of it moving forward. Correct. Um, but you can take some of the bad. So what was some of the bad that you saw that, you know, again, small sample size, one game, um, first game. So could just be jitters, could be, you know, mm-hmm. uh, getting, uh, yeah, just getting used to it, getting used to, uh, um, um, 
yeah, game time action, all of that. Yeah. But like what, yeah, what what did you see that like is concerning moving forward? Well, the hard thing about it is you can't really judge our pass defense right now because with eight passes, what, what can you really go on, right? And this is not a good passing team. So there, right. we weren't never really tested in the secondary, though what we could tell looked good. Uh, interior rush defense still seems to be a problem yep. at times. Yeah. Um, you saw that would seem to be the only way they could really get much of an offense going. I don't know if their interior linemen were just really good or if they just had leverage or if it's just the option that we just don't see now, ironically. Uh, so we would get fooled on it at times. I, I'm not – I couldn't tell. During the game, I watched a brief replay of it earlier today and still couldn't really make heads or tails of it. I think some of it could have just been assignments. Some of it just could have been really good blocking. Um, but regardless, that still seems to be somewhat of an issue, an area of growth, you can say. Uh, for our defense going into UAB because think about it, our next two opponents, UAB, or really next three, UAB, Wisconsin, and Ball State, if they see a weakness with our interior rush defense, what do you think they're going to do, Matt? They're going to oh, run yeah. the ball down our throats and say, yeah. stop it, and if you can't, we're going to just chew up clock and score I mean, on UAB you. UAB did it last year. Correct. Uh, Ball State did it last year even though they lost, and, and Wisconsin, even though they have uh, shifted to an air raid, you know, they did struggle they a little bit against it. Buffalo, but they still have it, yeah. Yeah, so, again, you know, I think that would be the only area of concern right now that's that's sort of glaring. Um, but, again, at times they would run up the middle and we would stop them. So it wasn't like every time they ran up the middle it was a success for Citadel. Uh, but there was more than enough breaks and holes that you see that was like, I don't know, maybe this could be a concern going in the future. Um, I do want to mention something that, I thought was really good from the defense that I think we can take and, and kind of watch to make sure that they keep this trend going. And that is third down conversions. We held yep. Citadel to two to 12. And I think yep. for the first like seven or eight third downs, it was like, Oh, for eight. Like we did not allow them to convert a third down at all for the first much for the first part of the game. Um, at least going into well into the third quarter. So that was really good because, you know, last year we struggled with getting teams off the field at third downs. That I mean, you look at the we Buffalo did. game from the bowl game, that's how they won that game was they just kept on third down, third down. They would just convert. Uh, you go back to other games that we had lost or that were close last year, third down conversions were huge. It was very good to see that it was two for 12. We got them off the field. We got our offense on the field to try to go out there and put the game away. So. And that's, that's the that. other focus of Brandon Bailey's defense, right? Yeah. Like we hear yes. about turnovers, 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 but also third down. They were seventh in the nation in turnovers, um, but they were uh, top third in the country in third down efficiency. So, um, you know, not world beaters on defense at Buffalo, but they were really good on third down um, or, or at least decent uh, above par, I would say, on, on, on third down. So. That alone, you know, if we can, um, you know, marginally increase turnovers and get teams off the field, get offensive off the field on third down, especially in third and long situations, um, it's going to go a long way um, if our if our offense can can stay consistent and anything like it was last year. So um, with that, let's let's turn to offense. So we we score 34 points. Um, We get. Uh, we only get 10 in the second half. Um, you know, we, we go up 24, nothing at a uh, halftime. Um, first two drives are touchdowns. First three drives, I think are touchdowns. Um, yes, yes first three drives. and you know, we came out running the ball, um, which was a little surprising, but, um, you know, we, we knew we could, I, I guess it's a little surprising cause we knew we could do it, but you could argue like we knew we could pass too, but with a new quarterback, with some new weapons at wide receiver, like, you know what you have in Jalen white and OJ Arnold. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we, we came out running the ball, um, wasn't even really balanced in those first two drives. Like we just like kept running it and, and kept getting guards. So, um, that was a little surprising. Um, and, and yeah, only 21 pass attempts total in the first half. Um, so definitely didn't, it wasn't an air raid, I would say <laughs> offense, um, in the first half, it definitely seemed like we were holding back a little bit. Right. Um, which well, we were taking what they were giving us. I mean, I feel yeah. like they were dropping eight dropping seven and we could just lean on our front five and, and just say, okay, here, Jalen, you know, OJ, just, you know, take over, um, you know, not try to almost like, don't make it too complicated. Like just keep it simple. 
Like if they're going to drop that, you know, if they're going to continue to drop back and they're going to allow us to rush six, seven, eight yards a carry, then let's just do it. Let's get up big and then we can kind of just coast to victory. Um, so I, to me, that was that was sort of probably what was like, all right, let's just not, we don't have to come out here and throw it a hundred times just because we can. And let's ease David Brent or David or Brent into the game and make yep. sure that he's not, you know, he has come back from an injury. He was injured last year. So this is sort of his first game back into it in quite a while. So it's not something that we felt like, I, I at least from my perspective, felt like we needed to just throw him out there and say, hey, we're going to need you to throw the ball 60 times to win this game. Sure. We didn't need to. So let's just take what they give us. Let's get the lead. And then we can go from there. Uh, and that's sort of what it looked like to me. We do have 40 pass attempts in the game. Um, you know, Bryn, yes, yeah. Bryn was 27 for 36. JC French did come in there at the end. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like it's it's weird to even say that because a couple of years ago, 40 pass attempts is unheard <laughs> of. Um, but, you know, we were averaging like 60 last year, right? So, um, yeah. So, I mean, uh he had a pretty good showing, Bryn. Um, he did have the interception. Uh, he had two touchdowns, uh, 244 total yards. Um, you know, I, I think there were times where it seemed he had the time, I think. Uh, I don't think he got sacked at all. Um, he did have, yes, he you did. know, he did get sacked. He did. Yeah. I think he got sacked once and then he got hit from behind that caused the fumble. He, he Yeah, he got, he got like bent in half. Yeah, which was he a scary drilled. situation. Yeah. Um, so that was scary. Did get sacked. So again, only gave up what six sacks in the regular season last year. Gave up one against Citadel already. So maybe, maybe that's you know a cause for concern. Um, and maybe, but at the same time, as we talked about earlier, that's going to be a hard thing to kind of even match from last year. Oh when yeah, you're talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the offensive line. You got new offensive line. Um, I think it's less experienced than what it was last year, and a new offensive line coach, which, you know, (laughs) we can, you can, I think it's all kind of like just everybody kind of getting used to each other. Part of it could be Brent hanging onto the ball too long, maybe try to force him, you know, not make decisions. I I don't think he necessarily was. I mean, I think he got happy feet a little bit. I mean, he definitely got flushed out of the pocket. He didn't look as poised in the pocket as, Van Trees did for much of last year, but again, small sample size, one game. Um, he threw he threw the you know ball away a, a couple times. Um, yeah, it, it just it it definitely looked a little out of sync. It looked a lot yeah. a little out of sync, which you expect. Um, trying to think back to like the Morgan State game last year, if that was the same case. I mean, again, we score fifty nine points against that. Yeah, I think we were kind of. In the, the first, first half, first half was yeah, very out of sync. I mean, yeah, that's I, true. Go back that's and true. Watch that yeah. very first drive, and I think Kyle threw like twice. Oh, where yeah. there was like nobody yeah. there. Right. So I think uh, it's sort of kind of the same thing. The only thing that really kind of raised my eyebrows when it came to quarterback play were there were two passes, the interception, which the receiver had, I think maybe half a step on the corner. Um, the ball was underthrown there. Step. He had, yeah, he had space. Yeah, um, ball was underthrown, led yep. to the interception. Yep. Um, if he throws it to where you know over, I think the receiver, can, you know, if he catches it, I think it's at least a, a large completion. If not, he goes to the house with it. And then there was another one too, and it was uh, Josh Thompson, the Jet. He had about five yards on the guy. And it was severely underthrown. And if he just hits him in stride, it's an easy walking for a touchdown on yep. that play too. So those were the only two passes that I was that kind of raised my eyebrow. I was like, hmm, you know, is it again? Is it just first game jitters? Just kind of getting back timing. into the game speed and timing and understanding yep. kind of your receivers and and that, or is there an issue here that the quarterback and receivers just are not on the same page when it comes to to deep balls? You know, that's yeah, I don't some, think it's arm you know, strength. I definitely think Bren no, has the arm. I don't think arm. it's that. Um, and, and we saw that on display on one of the touchdowns. I mean, that was like a bullet pass um, to Anthony Queeley, right, for the touchdown. And uh, that mm-hmm. looked great. But really, other than that, I would say most of Bryn's passes were conservative. Right. They were they were yes. kind of underneath yes. coverage. They were like pretty easy, high efficiency throws. Um, the ones that were you know, forced or like on the 
tougher side of throws, um, those didn't look as crisp as they probably could be. Right. So that, that I, I do think, you know, is a concern, but again, um, yeah, thinking back to Van Trees, I think there's a lot of similarities there. So, um, you know, I, 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 in no way think this guy is falling. I think Britain is going to be a very good quarterback. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think against UAB, we're going to have to open the playbook up a little bit. I do think that we were keeping it fairly limited. Um, if, you know, they uh, will get into them in a minute. But, you know, against uh, North Carolina A&T, um, they ran the ball pretty well um, on UAB. So I, I, I think we'll continue to have that be a part of our game plan. Um, but... Bren certainly were is gonna have you know he's gonna be tested. Um, he's gonna be tested against UAB more more so than he was against uh, Citadel. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see it like kind of all come together. See if that like if the sink is there, and then if we open up the playbook and we start uh, you know making tougher throws and being a little bit more aggressive offensively. No, you're right. No, I mean <clears throat> we just have to wait and see. So, um, I guess wrapping up the Citadel. So, uh, the only other thing I can think of special teams, right? Um, so we, we had talked, you know, this is our best opportunity to see what we have on special teams, right? Um, both punting, do we get in situations where we kind of like make it so we have to punt just to see what we have there after losing Anthony back? Um, do we get in situations where if it's like, uh, you know, going to be a really long field goal or go for it on fourth or one, just kick the field goal, see what the field goal kicker has. We, we saw a couple of those situations uh, play themselves out, right? So we were, uh, what, two for two on field goals. Um, one barely snuck in the long one. Um, the other chip shot went through. Uh, punting was decent i would say right like not like i thought was great yeah yeah i mean i i I thought the australian guy like looked good um you know it it yeah i I mean no no complaints or like major concerns or anything it just it it looks solid right so um but yeah just just your overall thoughts on the special teams good i thought special teams were okay i know they had the the muff punt there near the end i don't think that was caleb hood that was out there for that one um but I thought Caleb returned the ball well. I thought everything with special teams was fine. Uh, as far as the field goal kicker, I think it was great. I mean, it, if if his range is 45 and in, I'm fine with it, right? Like, it would be great if we can knock it from 50 to 55. But if it's just 45 and closer, I'm I'm fine with that. Just keep it consistent, yeah, right? Because at least make it at least make it from 45 and in. And I'm fine with that. Uh, punter, again, he looked fine. May not have as long of a leg and big of his leg as Beck, but who does? Um, not many. So, again, the big thing with punts is just get it off and, and get it, you know, try to flip the field the best that you can and don't make a mistake. And he seemed to be fine with that. So, yeah. Um, no, I have no issues with that. I'm surprised you did not mention the penalties that, came up yesterday. Oh no, when you said a muff punt, yeah, and I'm looking at the stat line here, yeah, let's definitely talk about that. So, that yeah. was to me that was the biggest black eye of the entire game, right? That was the biggest kind of like big uh, uh yeah, poster board kind of material of like what what is the the bad and the ugly of this. We had nine penalties for 90 yards. Um and they were careless stuff, right? Like it was it was stuff that Sure, maybe you could say like again, first game jitters, like you know, but like the blocks in the back and the blind side hits and uh, some of the holds where it didn't really like affect the play too much. I mean, Caleb yeah. Hood was playing his butt off on on the punt returns and had several right brought back. Uh, Same with because, OJ Arnold. Yeah, and OJ <laughs> Arnold. Right. Yeah, had had the touchdown that was brought back where if you go back and look, like, yes, the referees did their job. It was a hold. It was a blindside block. It was whatever it was. It was the right call. Did it ultimately affect the play that much? You know, not really, right? And in most of the cases, I don't think. Um, but, 
you got to call it right. Like it was, it was clear as day. So like, you just can't do that kind of stuff. And like, we shouldn't have to be holding Citadel players, right? <laughs> we, we shouldn't need right. to have right. blindside blocks on Citadel players. We're, we're the bigger, faster, stronger team. Um, so that is like, why do we feel like we need to do that? Right. <laughs> like, like yeah. why, especially the holds, the blindside blocks, that's kind of like more of the, like, bonehead type play like where you're just charging in and it's like well don't do that right it's like the tar game plays and, and that kind of stuff but the the holds it's like why why do we feel compelled that I we almost need to felt hold? like some of the holding was just because we were bigger and stronger we just wanted to kind of show it off at times you know and then we just got too careless with what we were trying to do with the block I and, hope so. and, and get our hands you know too wrapped around or we got too um, <laughs> got too rambunctious and just wanted to tackle somebody instead of just, you know, letting go because the runner's already passed. It's, you know, like, I, I think let's see the difference between week one and week two before we're sitting here wondering if penalties is going to be an issue for the season. Um, I know when you look at most analytics regarding football that penalties don't seem to be that big of a deal. Um but as we all know, when it comes to like extending a drive, or if you get down to first and goal, and then you have a penalty that brings you back to like the you mean like yard big line. of a deal as far as like wins and losses when it comes yeah down as to far it, as like, like like effects of the game and like the yeah. total overall analytics. Um, but you know how you know, but in the course of a game, one penalty may make the huge deal in momentum. Uh, so again, let's just kind of see kind of how it, it it plays out between week one and week two. I'm hoping that it, you know, shapes up. Last year, I don't think penalties were really that much of a concern. I don't even think we really talked about penalties. No, I think we were um, one of the least penalized penalty, teams, I yeah. believe, last year, where under Lunsford, we were up there, I, I want to say. Where no, we, I think Lunsford was pretty clean, too. Was pretty it was clean. Summers. Summers. Summers was bad. Summers was bad, yeah. Um, um, but, but, but again, yeah. for, first yeah. game, I mean, 99 penalties for 90 yards, you can't have that. I think no. against the better teams that – can flip the script um it's not always going to but the fact that we were able to shut the citadel out and still give up 90 yards of penalties um is pretty yeah. impressive um but i know a lot of those came on offense um but you know we had a couple of defensive penalties as well um but yeah you gotta clean that up i hope it's just kind of first team uh, or first game kind of uh situation um but uh but yeah we'll we'll see this week against UAB. Yep. I like the trick play. I thought the trick play was great. There was, was a great. couple trick plays. There was the well, flea, flicker, the flea flicker. There was a the, reverse. The reverse, the reverse I thought really was great. Good. Oh, it was a Statue of Liberty play, actually, is what it was. So I thought that looked really yeah. good. Um, the only other thing I would have to say as far as concerning-wise with offense is um, first and goal offense. Yep. I, we, we still had a couple situations where we got first and goal and we couldn't put it in the end zone. And that that drives me bonkers. To me, when you get first and goal, those type of situations, you have to end it with a touchdown. And I think we had two situations where that didn't happen. We had the one where we had to like line up in kind of the wishbone power. Like, yeah, which formation. I'm fine. Like if you need Jumbo to do something, yeah, if you kind do something of. Like that, but do you though against the Citadel? Like, well, shouldn't you I just mean, be able to line up and run it, run it straight? Like possibly, but maybe you want to throw something out there for people to have to prep for. Uh, waste, have them waste five minutes of their practice doing it. I don't know. Maybe, but regardless, that doesn't that, that I'm fine with. What concerns me is when you have first thing when you don't get in. Period. Um, and you know, you have this spread option offense, you have this air raid offense, and then you want to put four or five receivers out there yet. You can't. You don't really have any space for them to to have holes, and you know you have a quarterback that that is trying to find somebody open. And he can't. You know, I uh, I don't want to say just run the ball down the opponent's throat at that point because you don't want to be one dimensional down there. But again, I think I just we just got to keep it simple to where we're not trying to outthink ourselves and come up with these you know complicated route schemes. To where you're just got a jumbo mess down there and nobody's really open, um, but right. you know, I it, we'll see how the season goes. It's I think it was kind of an issue last year. We'll see how if it plays out this year. Again, I don't have much problem with Coach Ellis and their offensive scheme. The only thing that I would 
I think I want to see improve is just this, this first and goal offense that we have. We got to put it in the end zone when we get down there. We can't, we can't leave those situations just with three points. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. Well, I guess let's turn to UAB. Um, so they obviously played a game as well. They played a game a couple of days earlier than we did. So they played on Thursday night. Um, so they do get a little bit of a jump start. Obviously they watch our game. I'm sure just like our coaching staff watched theirs. Um, but we still had obviously the Citadel to worry about. Um, so they have about what, two full days, right? Extra, uh, kind of prep, yeah, if that. um, if, uh, for us, uh, but they played North Carolina A&T. They win that game 35 to six. Um, you know, that's a HBCU school, um, you know, as kind of expected score line, um, it was, uh, yeah, it was 21 to three at half. Um, they score 14 more in the second half. Um, the things that kind of stand out to me, so North Carolina A&T only 163 yards of total offense. Um, they did have 147 yards rushing against them though. Just, uh, just 16 yards passing, um, kind of similar story to the Citadel. Um, but, uh, but yeah, was able to rush for 147 yards. Now Citadel rushed for 200 against us, but, um, yeah. So, you know, and especially in the first half, I watched, uh, most of that game and the first couple of drives, I mean, North Carolina A&T, they weren't able to punch it in, um, obviously, with, with just the two field goals in the game um, in the first and, and fourth quarter. But uh, they were able to, to uh, have some pretty long drives, um, and, and they did it running the football. So um, that's a good sign. Uh, so I, I could definitely see us. Um, you know, I, I definitely am comfortable saying that OJ Arnold and Jalen white, um, are more talented than probably anything North Carolina A&T has. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think we could see possibly a similar game plan of us, uh, coming out, out of the gate and running the ball and seeing if they can stop us and going from there. Yeah, well, probably, uh, but we have to see if they, if they, you know, rush three or rush four and, and drop eight or seven back, um, I was just looking at their uh, kind of their play-by-play tab on ESPN. They scored their last touchdown pretty late, right? Like it was twenty-eight-six, and they had a drive with like five minutes yeah, left in the did. game yep. to make it thirty-five-six and make it a little bit worse than what it than what it actually was. Uh, their quarterback was extremely efficient. I think he was like thirty-eight for forty-one. He was two ninety-one for, only like, for two ninety-one. Yep. No interceptions. I don't think. No, nope, had a fumble. Um, so it is they seem to be a pretty efficient he seemed to you know just kind of run the offense efficient um lean on their you know kind of lean on their defense a little bit 41 passes that's quite a bit i mean yeah it is quite a bit it is quite a bit um i think they had multiple formations they had they came out with Uh, so again i don't think we could really make much of what the trent dilfer era is going to be like at uab um but uh at least in his short, you know, uh, sample size of a coaching spectrum, I think he was like, what, four years at uh, Tennessee High School. Um, you know, he did pretty well there, especially his last two years. So I, I can't really make much of this besides that if we don't show up, we'll get beat. I mean, that's just pretty much as plain as I can say it. If we think that we can want to come in here and, and – and, overlook it or, or i don't think that will be the case i mean we'll have revenge on our, our on our mind i hope I mean, so we obviously lost last year um 35 to 21 we right beat they, ourselves last th- year we beat That's ourselves we had three interceptions. yeah ventries had three interceptions uh their main running back who's no longer there Dwayne mcbride um was a monster right 28 carries 223 yes. yards four touchdowns uh his um, his replacement, right, which was the backup last year, but did see solid playing time. Um, Jermaine Brown Jr., uh, he was kind of highly touted. Uh, again, I watched a lot of that game. The announcers were ta- talking him up. He only had six carries for 47 yards. He did have two touchdowns. Um, so when you know when it kind of came down to it, they handed the ball off to him and got it done. But, um, yeah, less than 50 yards, uh, six carries. Um, I mean, yeah, that's efficient, um, but they, they didn't, they didn't run the ball that much. So they only had, um, 
they did have, well, they had 30, 30 rushing attempts, but, um, but again, they, they passed the ball 41 times. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's interesting. Definitely seems to with Dilfer lean more pass heavy this year, um, than last year where it was definitely more, um, established to run. Yeah. I mean, they have a good quarterback. He is yeah. a decent quarterback, highly tired quarterback. Uh, it'll be, I, what I found kind of interesting was I watched the last part of that game. And in the post game, the announcers were just like, "Yeah, they play Georgia Southern, but then they get Louisiana, and that's a formidable Sun Belt foe." And then they go, and then we got Georgia. <laughs> I'm like, "Are they looking over us?" Um, because I think again, I think what this comes down to is whichever team does not take this game the serious, whoever takes I, this I game just serious, can't. I mean, I think loses with back to back kind of home and home situation like that. I don't know how you can't take it serious I, yeah, as I, the team I, I that lost yeah. the year prior. Right. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like most of the guys that were on the team last year are on the team this yep. year. Right. True. Like, like, so I uh, like, yeah, sure. You have like the Brins of the world and, and the punter and like, a cut, you know, the, the Anthony Queeley and some of those guys that uh, don't know any better, but a lot of the guys that were on the team last year uh, suffered that that loss last year to UAB and Birmingham. So um, I, I think revenge will be. I, I I definitely don't think they'll be overlooking them, right? Like all you have to do, you don't have to look back far, right? Like um, so, it, it's not like the Citadel where like the last yeah. time we played the Citadel in the SoCon, most of those guys were like you know like kids, <laughs> you know, like yeah. So, but uh, like yeah, all you have to do is look back one year. Um, so I think that is less of a issue for us than it is maybe for them. I, I could, okay. I could possibly see them being like, Oh yeah, well we took care of them last year. Now we got to Dilfer. Now we, you know, it's new era, blah, blah, blah. And, and things like just looking past. And um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of how I see it. Okay. Um, Anything that jumps out to you about them that, that has you worried? I mean, the quarterback play, like you said, um, looks really good. I mean, almost 300 yards, um, three touchdowns. He looked really poised. He could run with the ball, too. Um, yeah, I mean, the the, the rush defense, that, dealing with a running quarterback concerns me. Um, we don't know what the secondary looks like. You know, we just uh, were yeah, testing whatsoever. That's against, my biggest yeah. question mark is what, how good is our actual secondary? You know, how good are we against the pass? We're going to we, find we, out. We're going to find, find out, out for this week. Yeah. And honestly, both defenses have the same question, right? Because they didn't, I mean, yeah. I think North Carolina A&T only threw the ball eight times as well. So eight times. Yeah. Two for eight for 16 yards. So, so. we're, we're going to see who has the secondary and who doesn't in this game. Um, but no, I think it'll be interesting how they attack our offense. Do they do they rush three, drop eight? Do they do something similar to maybe like JMU and try to blitz and and cause confusion? Uh, we'll see. Um, but I don't know. It, to me, this is such a hard game to try to predict and try to understand because there's really we don't really have much to look at in terms of who our opponent is and and really what we got. No, we don't. I mean, it's it's a completely different team than the team we played last year, right? I mean, new head coach, new coaching staff, new quarterback, new running back, um, new players across the board, right? It's it's definitely a kind of – yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think you can – we can look at it as far as, like, it's the same team, right? It's the same uh, – it's the same school, it's the same program, the same um, – all that, and, and say, well, let's get revenge kind of deal, but – um. Yeah, it's it's a different era of UAB football. I think, um, good or bad, and we we don't know what that is, right? Um, but uh, yeah. So it, it it'll be really interesting to see that. Where with us, I mean, I would say less question marks. I mean, certainly, again, like we said, the secondary on offense, like how good can Davis Bren be? Um, you know, we we didn't really see all of our wide receivers on full display. I don't think we didn't see the entire passing game playbook opened up. 
Um, even like the run game, I think was somewhat even conservative, right? So, um, yeah, this, this is going to be a, a huge, um, crystal ball, I think for, for both teams, uh, depending on how this kind of plays out. Nope. I agree with you. Anything else you got for it? Uh, I don't think so. No, I, I think that covers it. I did want to get into Sunbelt a little bit. Um, it was an interesting weekend, right? Because you Very. had, you had, uh, obviously, um, I mean, I guess it was what the second game of the season last year where, you know, we beat Nebraska and app gets their win against Texas A&M and Marshall gets their win against Notre Dame. Um, but you did have in week one last year, I believe, right. Old Dominion beat Virginia tech, um, so you had a couple upsets last year, this this time of year, um, where this time, like, yeah, if, if you were a betting man and 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 and, and put money, I, I don't think you would have fared very well uh, because things no. didn't really go the way anyone really expected. So I, I think for our game and just a handful of others, it kind of did go as expected, but everything else, even starting back uh, Thursday night, right, uh, Georgia State taking on Rhode Island, they hang on for 42-35 win. Um, I watched uh, pretty much that entire game. Um, Rhode Island should have beat them. They had a chance to beat them. Uh, Georgia State did not look good. Uh, They gave up a ton of passing yards uh, to Rhode Island. Um, in that game, uh, 408 uh, yards passing for uh, Rhode Island's quarterback, um, and uh, and yeah, so 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 that one, you know, I, I I think Georgia Southern fans at least were hoping that that would be close, um, <laughs> but I, I don't think most people expected it to be that close. Um, then you have Oklahoma just beating the absolute brakes off Arkansas State, 73 to nothing, um, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you tell you that. I don't know what you say. I, I does Bush Jones have a job five or six games from now? I don't <laughs> you know. know, yeah. I mean, it, like, it's it's not getting any better, right? Like, it's like it, it, he's in his third year. Um, you expect it to be, you know, them to turn a corner. No, you don't expect them to like beat Oklahoma or even compete, but 73 to nothing is just flat out embarrassing. That's so a, yeah, especially with the rules change and stuff, I've been paying attention to that and like how fast games are moving and you definitely notice it. Um, but you've seen a, a couple, you know, big scores like that in week one, um, Oregon put up over 80 on like Portland state. I think it was. Um, but again, this was the FBS team in Arkansas state and 73 to nothing. Like it, it was just, it's bad showing. Uh, yeah. So um, Tulane, South Alabama, uh, thirty-seven to seventeen. Um, Tulane, uh, yeah. Uh, rankings haven't come out as the time we're uh, recording this podcast, but Tulane was ranked twenty-fourth. I'm sure they'll still be ranked in the top 25 after this win. A lot of people expected South Alabama to win this game, including myself. Um, it wasn't close. It just wasn't close. Tulane just handled them. Um, the quarterback play was way better on the Tulane side uh, with uh, with Pratt. And, um, and yeah, that, that, that I think was surprising. And then I'll, I'll jump to, uh, to Troy, um, which won 48 to 30 over Stephen F. Austin. Um, so, you know, this was a game that was 21 to three at the end of the first. Um, it was 31 to 20 at halftime. Um, and then Stephen F. Austin uh, scored 10 in the fourth, and um, Troy ended up winning by 18. But I don't think that's comfortable enough for Troy, um, against an FCS team, right? I mean, you're talking about in, in South Alabama and Troy two, uh, you know, the top two teams out of the West and, and what most people predict, uh, you know, to be the winner of the conference. Um, yeah. one of those that two was, teams. So. That's a weird statistical game too, because they didn't get a lot of yards, mm-hmm. only 240 for Stephen F. Austin. I think the biggest glaring point is that Troy had four turnovers in that game. Um, but no, I think you're right. There are a couple. There's a few teams that I think can. You start to worry. Look at Marshall, App State to a certain extent, um, Georgia State. 
and Troy. Yeah, I, think, I mean, all, you, you know, of Albany should have beat Marshall. 21-17, yeah. they held on. Uh, Albany had the lead uh, going in. Marshall scored late. Um, Albany had a chance to, to um, take the lead there at the end and, and uh, couldn't get it done on fourth down, but got past the 50. And, um, yeah, that, that that was a scary situation there in Huntington. Yeah. So, um, and, and then, yeah, and then, and then the surprises of the weekend. Again, some games went as expected, right? Our game. Um, Virginia Tech, Odomian. Uh, Southern Miss uh, beats Alcorn State 40-14. to 14. Uh, Virginia Tech, Old Dominion. Old Dominion beats them last year um, in uh, Norfolk. Uh, but uh, Virginia Tech wins 36-17. Um, they, you know, the Old Dominion made it kind of respectable there. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't really close. Louisiana wins 38-13 um, over Northwestern State. No big surprise there. Coastal has a uh, respectable showing against UCLA, 27-13. But, but yeah, the the talk of the town, if you will, of of the Sun Belt are the two teams out of the West that we happen to play, Cody, um, this year, which if you look at it it. preseason, right, it would be like you could argue that we have the, the best draw out of the West right before uh, yeah. before week one it still could be the case it's it's one game um but going in it's like okay yeah playing texas state and and ulm um that's about as easy as you could get i think now looking like arkansas state probably is in that conversation um but of course texas state goes on to beat baylor uh 42 to 31 um baylor made it look respectable but honestly texas state dominated that game from start to finish um and uh ULM beats Army. Uh they host Army, they host Monkin at home. Um there in Monroe and and they come come away with a 17 to 13 win, Cody. Yeah, I think obviously I think Texas State's the more impressive win. Uh because that's a complete overhaul change in office and system and style. 70 and, and something new players. Uh, Colorado yes. was the only other team that had more. They had like 80 something. So um, obviously, with Colorado winning, there's a lot of uh, eyes on, well, if you're a new coach, do you just completely overhaul the roster? Um, given the success that Colorado and Texas State have had uh, this past week. Um, but then you look at the ULM, and that's pretty respectable, too, what they did. They had Army week one. Uh, nobody really gave them a shot to beat Army. And sure enough, they did it. And it was a low-scoring, kind of just a defensive battle slug but, it out I mean, that's how yeah, they win the games out. yeah that's that's how they've won so several of those bigger uh, games congrats to them i mean <laughs> and terry bowden magician that he is um yeah no for sure making something out of nothing always. Yeah, exactly yeah so again <clears throat> we we talked about it in, in our preview episodes but those are no cupcakes going across the west to play texas state and have ulm um Texas State obviously is going to be a concern because we have to go out there. ULM is a game where if we don't take that seriously, they will they will. Yeah, keep it's homecoming. It it's a day game. Yeah. If if we come in there just thinking we're going to run through them, they'll they'll yeah they'll spoil that for sure. But Texas State scares me. It, it really does. Yeah, I mean, does. we never play well in San Marcos. I don't think we've ever lost. Um, but have we even played Texas State at Statesboro? I was trying to think about this the other day. Have we ever played them in Statesboro? Didn't we play them under? Um, was it the interim? The COVID year? Didn't we play? Maybe. Not not even the COVID year. Didn't we play them? They were one of our wins. Was that in San Marcos? But it may be in San Marcos. I don't know. I don't. I just don't remember them being in Statesboro, ever. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like every time we play Texas State, it's always in San Marcos. I'm like, how do we always end up with with them being in San in San Marcos? Um, no, we did not play them in 2017. I'm thinking we, yeah, in 18 it was at Texas State, and then in 19, 19 we didn't play them. We play them in 2015 in Statesboro. Did we? Okay, that had to be the only time. Oh, no. And in 20... No, 2020. Yeah, 2020, we played them in Statesboro. Yeah, 2020. So that, that's what... It, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, like, every five years, we play them in Statesboro, yeah. it seems like. Um, 
but no, it, it's um it's a very tough place for us to go play at. It's a very long trip. Yeah. Um, so no, I think again, and there's no easy there's no easy games in the Sun Belt, and from here on out, there's no easy games. Period. Um, all of the opponents that we have, if we don't come ready to play, they will beat us, regardless of if they it's will. Ball State, UAB, Wisconsin. ULM, whoever. Out. I think that's what's scary, right? It's like you kind of yeah, wish. That's the tough part. Yeah, because like you, as 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 much as Georgia State struggled and App struggled a little bit and Marshall struggled, right? Like they still could all win the conference, right? Exactly. Like, well, one like, of them's gonna have to. Somebody's yeah, to right. Well, or win the division at least, right? Um, yeah. So, so yeah, like that. That that's the thing is like you you almost wish that the bottom feeders like the Texas States and the ULMs and the Arkansas States all played like Arkansas State, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I mean, of course you like won the conference, like do well against you know, the power five competition, but like um, you almost like wish like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like Texas State gets throttled by, by Baylor and ULM gets throttled by army. And, and that's a little reassuring to us because, um, you know, now that they came and showed again, it's one game. So, uh, you know, uh, we, we saw, uh, old dominion didn't have a good year last year. They beat Virginia tech. Um, you know, Marshall had a, a pretty good year, but they beat, um, uh, Notre Dame, you know, in their house and, uh, app state, I think is the perfect, uh, <laughs> case of that. They beat Texas A&M when they were ranked sixth in the country. Um, and that was one of their, uh, six wins and two of the other ones were against FCS teams. Right. So, um, Very you weird season. Yeah, it's a weird season, but like my my point is is that like you it's fine for the teams that you expect to be good to kind of struggle in week 1, but the teams that you expect to struggle when they're rising to the occasion and getting those big wins, it's concerning. <laughs> Cuz like concerning. Yeah, it's a little yeah, concerning. Yeah, it's a little concerning. So, um yeah, that's I, I guess that that was my main takeaway from 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 week one because yeah, yeah I think Marshall's going to be fine. I do think App State's in trouble. Um, Georgia State I don't think is a good football team. We have to find a way to beat them this year um, at home. Um, but uh, but yeah, Texas State could be a problem, and you never know about ULM. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think looking at it right now, I think you got to look at JMU. And and coastal for the east right now, as far as um maybe were you you were down on coastal? I mean, I I, like I I didn't expect a lot from them. I did think that they would give UCLA a game, and I think that's a great example of one that like I could see them going in and beating UCLA, but then like missing a bowl game. You know what I mean? Like, like, I like on it, honestly, like I could see them kind of being like that app state of last year, um, which again, it, they, they lost 27, 13. They didn't get throttled or anything, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they held their own against UCLA and again, I think UCLA had like a late touchdown to kind of make it the 27, 13, um, score that it was. Uh, still, that's that's still pretty respectable in of itself. And you know, you look at McCall and his weapons that he has around him up there. Yeah, two interceptions. Yeah. So you know, they still, they're still, they're still a formidable opponent. Um, and again, I think JMU is going to be JMU. We'll see how they are. They had their opponent. I think they beat what thirty-eight to three or something like that. Um. But yeah, you look at the others in the, at least the East. You have Marshall that kind of underperformed out, looked like they underperformed to a certain extent. Uh, Georgia State did, uh, kind of <laughs> had a squeak it out there. I don't know. It's gonna. It's it's just gonna be a dogfight, and whoever wants to to win, you know, is gonna have to really focus week in and week out. So I don't know. It'll be. Uh, it's not like it was during the SoCon days where you really only had to worry about two or three games. And then the rest were, you know, pretty much just big frat parties or big, big parties right. in general. Right. Um, every, every, every week's a battle. And yeah. if, if we don't have that mindset, we're going to, we're going to lose quite a many games. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. And like, 
I, I guess the only other one to touch on was, uh, you know, not to get ahead because obviously we have to take care of business against UAB, but Wisconsin um, was able to watch that game. They struggled against Buffalo. Um, they're also breaking in an air raid offense under Luke Fickle and a new mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. Um, they they end up winning 38-17, to 17, um, but this was a 14-10 uh, game at half. Um, you know, and, and Wisconsin kind of defaulted back to old ways, I would say, um, <laughs> where I, they, they end up running, uh, the ball 40 times for 314 yards. Um, they only, uh, threw, threw it 31 times for 189 yards. Um, so that's pretty interesting, right? Like they're not quite where they want to be. You, you, again, you saw us do a complete 180, and we did it pretty quick. Um, you would think with a team like Wisconsin and um, the the type of talent that they can get to that school, um, playing a Buffalo, right? That if if it was going to be on display, that kind of switch, it would be on display. Well, I mean, in, Buffalo ain't no, ain't no slouch. I mean, we kind of yeah. know that firsthand. True. Um, so I'm not surprised that Buffalo came in there and tried to punch him in the mouth a time or two. Um, so, again, <clears throat> week one, I think it's all jitters and nerves and trying to figure out what it is that you have. Let's see how week two goes, and then I think we can be a little bit more comfortable in our uh, assertions as to who we are and, and who our opponents are. Um, I think Wisconsin is still a, a team that is uh, still a formidable opponent. And as of right now, I don't have us winning that game. But if we somehow do, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, 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 it will be interesting to see how both of our tunes change after UAB one way or another, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. At least for now, I'm pretty optimistic at the, at the time of this recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Right. We'll see how we are after the UAB game. I think that yeah. that's going to sway us. It's going to be uh, the true test. Yeah, it's going to yes. be the true test. We'll know where we are. So, if, if, like, regardless, uh, even win or loss, right, just kind of how we look in that, how close the score is, kind of, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Cody. I, I guess the only other thing was, um, like I said, we pitched a shutout. Only one of five FBS teams to do that um, in week one. So that's pretty impressive. Um, good good company there with Kansas State, yeah. Oklahoma, BYU, Syracuse. Um, so something to say there. The defense to me against UAB is going to be the, 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 uh, the key to watch. I know obviously the sexy thing is the offense. We're going to want to see what Bryn can do, what – Jalen White can do against uh, UAB's uh, rush defense, right? But, um, but yeah, to me, it's going to be can we can we shut them down defensively? Can we get some turnovers? Can we stop them on third down? Um, I think we're really going to see Brandon Bailey's defense tested in this game, and uh, and and really kind of get an idea of what our defense can or can't be this year. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I agree with you on that. So, uh, with that, Cody, let's hope uh, for two and zero, and then next time you hear us, we'll be talking about Wisconsin. Um, but uh, let's see. There was I, I did want to ask you real quick about atmosphere. Um, you were at the game. I was. What was it like? Seventeen thousand plus, low over seventeen thousand. Obviously, I thought it was great considering that it was Labor Day weekend, which yep. is typically a weekend where a lot of college students go back home, especially freshmen. Um, and that we had just got through a hurricane yep. <laughs> that came in like three days prior to the game being. Um, so I thought, all in all. It was a great atmosphere. I felt like the home side was completely packed out. It seemed like it anyways. I felt like the student section, for the most part, was decent. It could have been better, but it was good. Uh, People seemed engaged. Um, I think uh, some of the crowd left at halftime, understandably so. It looked like the game was in hand. Um, And so uh, not not really complaining too much there. I get it. But... uh, even kind of felt great. Usually these September, early September games are usually kind of unbearable when it comes to heat. Not that yep. bad. Not that bad. Nice. Um, 
as far as anything else I can the, think of. The, the new beer. How's the new, new beer? New beer. Not bad. Not bad. Had a had a swig of it real quick as I came in. Um, just a swig. You know, <laughs> just a swig. Just a swig. I have three kids. Spit it out. My wife. Yeah. It's, I'm not over here They're trying like to a pound beers tasting. here, man. Just, yeah. <laughs> No, uh, when it, when it's the family, I kind of keep myself in check. Sure. Uh, but, no, it, it's good. Um, I encourage everybody when they go out to the game to get it if they're in Statesboro. I think it's sold in Statesboro. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think it is. Uh, I mean, it's obviously at the stadium. Um, yes. Yeah, I read that. I think it's coming. I don't know if it's okay. here yet or at least wasn't there um, at the time of, of game okay. time. But it's it, definitely it, at the yeah, stadium. It, so they it's definitely com- had it's it coming, there. yeah. Yeah, it's coming. Um, it's an Atlanta brewery, so it, it's correct. there and yeah. So. Um, trying to think if there's anything else to say. About uh, music yeah, selection. Did they play "Call Me Maybe"? No, they did okay, not. Thank they God. played "Mr. Brightside," and they played that I think sometime in the second quarter, second or okay, third. Okay, so quarter. it wasn't the third. No, it was not the. It was not the fourth quarter fourth. intro song. Um, okay. that was a Cole Swindell song, and then right. uh, I, I something that. else. And there was two were, songs. Weren't ups, yeah, people were upset about that because. So, um, yeah. Either way, it's better than the Journey song that they used to do. Um, right. Let's see. So I'm not. I'm not. As long as Call that. Me Maybe never plays no, in any college football stadium in America, like that, that is just the weirdest option for <laughs> to play at any sporting event for that matter. But like, it's, yeah, yeah, it's so odd. I don't know. I uh, d- d- I don't know. Anyways, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, if there's anything else that I thought that was noticeable. Oh, I felt like we got into the stadium about 30 to 40 minutes before game time, and there was a large, um, a large recruiting effort obviously going on. Right, first game of the year, you want recruits to come see it, um, but not just for football. I felt like there was basketball volleyball, other sports were involved. So it was nice to see that this was not just a pitch for um, football recruiting, but it also seemed to be for other sports as well. So they were kind uh, of using the football game yeah, day experience. To yeah, like it, seemed, it seemed that to be the case. Okay. Uh, it seemed like everything with the new uh, indoor practice facility has seemed to have gone off um, without a hitch. They obviously highlighted that a lot. This weekend, I saw on the broadcast as well as inside the stadium. Yeah. Um, so that looked good. Everything with that seemed to be looking like that was really well and, and, and really well thought out. Um, can't speak for RV spots, though. Did not have a chance to go down there to look at that. <laughs> um, but the trees. <laughs> there were trees in the way. Uh, but, no, to me, overall, everything seemed to be good. Um, my family and I had a great time. Uh, you got on the jumbotron. Apparently, I did. Yes, I I was on there. Uh, have evidence uh, myself and the girls, um, yeah. which they enjoyed. <laughs> um, but no, it was great. I thought the atmosphere was great. I thought everybody was really engaged, at least during the first half. Um, and there was um, really actually kind of throughout the game, even though some people left. But uh, it was great. I thought the atmosphere was fine. Okay. Cool. Well, we'll have a second dose of it uh, this Saturday, and uh, yes, I'm we'll, hoping we'll... that we can break twenty thousand for this game. That would be great if we could. That'd yeah, really I, cool. I think you know, non-holiday students are back. Um, you know, good showing, thirty-four nothing against Citadel. Um, yes. Bigger opponent. I don't know if like Trent Delfer means anything to like students. Um, but I mean, something to us, he means something to us, right? I mean, he's a Super Bowl champion. Like, um, yeah, he's a big media personality. Like he's, he's not Dion. Um, but you know, he, he is a, uh, bigger name coach for a group of five school, right? The student section can come up with at least something to trash talk. Trent Dilfer. Oh yeah. Get, I'm thinking get a sign or something. There's gotta be something. I'm thinking there's something that they can use there. Oh yeah. But uh but no, I um yeah, you're right. I think a bigger bigger name opponent, obviously a more of a celebrity type head coach. Um and not to say that that's a knock on him or anything, but he is. He's he's obviously well known outside of just coaching. Yes. Um 
but uh, no, I think hopefully we can break 20,000, really bring the energy. Uh, I looked at the, I don't know if you saw it when you were watching the UAB game, but there didn't seem to have a, a really a big fan engagement, or should I say a real big crowd there at all. No, they did not. I mean, it was a Thursday night, which is hard, um, but, well, you know, thir- yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's Thursday night before Labor Day weekend. That's an excuse that you would hear somebody from Atlanta say. Uh, I, I, I mean, I get I, you. Literally, just made that excuse for us. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, 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 <laughs> you like it's just a Thursday night game. But I would feel. I like mean, we've had big Thursday night games, but we we've had really yeah. bad Thursday night games too. So you know, well, we were really bad. Yeah. So um, we'll we'll see. I'm I'm hoping the Georgia State game is is not like that uh, this year. So no. I, I hope that's a a crazy crowd. Mm-mm. But um, but yeah, it should be a fun game. Um, we should be able to have more kind of insights and analysis and figure out like really who we are offensive, defensively, special teams, um, and and what we actually can realize, what we actually can be um after this one so looking forward to that cody looking forward to hopefully going two and oh talking wisconsin next time we talk um and as always hail southern hail southern